Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 5 of Rookie Mistakes. It is July 16th on a Monday, and I am sweating profusely right now. It's absolutely amazing how fast you can start sweating once you turn off a fan. This is what I do for you guys. I sweat my ass off so I can record this podcast, because if I didn't, then you would hear the fan in the background, and that's not fun. But I hope everyone had a great weekend. I had a pretty non-eventful re- weekend, minus yesterday when I went to watch people play video games for the third time. Yesterday was actually a ton of fun because the games were really exciting, so I enjoyed it. I also had my first tonkatsu curry yesterday. Finally, I've been waiting to find a place to eat that because it might just be honestly one of my favorite dishes that you could get. It was so, so, so good. For anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's breaded pork basically with white rice and then the curry sauce. And it's just it's so satisfying. The the rice is just on a whole different level than what we were used to in the US. It really blows my mind how, just how much better it is. Problem with yesterday though, I got it spicy. I got tonkatsu curry and then I got curry noodles also and I got both of them spicy, which was a huge mistake because spicy was actually spicy this time around. Usually it's not. I'm pretty good with spicy food. Never liked spicy food growing up or anything, but for whatever reason, when I turned like 22 or 23, I started eating everything spicy. I gotta have sriracha or hot sauce or whatever on pretty much everything I eat. There's nothing like a good Chipotle bowl with a bunch of sriracha. Just a quick side note, now that I'm on this tangent, the best thing you could ever do at Chipotle, for anyone that is a Chipotle fan like me, you get a bowl, you get whatever you get in your bowl, but you make sure you get double rice because then you have more food. Then you get a quesadilla. When you're eating it, you get you rip off pieces of the quesadilla and then you make these little sandwiches with the food from the bowl. So you scoop up all the stuff and you put it on this tortilla and then you drizzle sriracha all over it. And then, like I said, you make a little sandwich. Oh, it's the best thing ever. Like the grease from the cheese of the quesadilla and then the sriracha and all just all the ingredients. I'm, mm, it sounds so good right now. Wish I could have that, but I can't. But yeah, so... Went to watch video games yesterday, the games were awesome, and I didn't end up knowing that the public transportation stops at a certain time of the night, which is 1am for anyone who is going to be in Seoul and sometime in the future, so I was able to get one bus back to my Airbnb, but I still had to walk like 35 minutes, which was kind of interesting. was craving a little bit of sweets and went to 7-Eleven and this is the dilemma I face every day when I go to buy my waters which I'm sure a lot of people face it's you go past the candy section or the chip section or the ice cream section and you really want to buy it and it's just that battle in the moment of am I going to buy something and be unhealthy or am I going to hold fast and not buy anything usually I don't buy anything but yesterday I was just really craving something sweet so I bought a huge king size Snickers bar and some Twix of course what sucked about the Snickers though because it's all in Korean I didn't know what it said on it so I just grabbed one thinking it was a normal Snickers bar but apparently they make hazelnut Snicker bars now which kind of sucks because I don't know I like hazelnut obviously Nutella is amazing but for putting that in a Snickers bar I wasn't really a big fan honestly so that was kind of disappointing but I guess I know for the future now if it has a little green ribbon looking color on it then it is hazelnut it was interesting too the guy at 7-eleven he kind of smiled at me in like a weird way and he's like you're American aren't you 
And I said, yeah, I'm American. And then I was le- as I was leaving, he's like, you look American. And he laughed. And I just thought to myself, how do I look American? I wonder if I wonder if as a, uh, a native of a country, when you're visiting as a foreigner, I wonder if people can kind of tell what you are when you're white, especially because I feel like it's very, very hard to tell where someone's from. So is there an American look maybe? Because I do, I do agree that there is a there's a demeanor with different countries, right? So for the U.S., you can tell usually, or I can tell usually, when someone's American just by the way they carry themselves, and it's become a talent of mine. But I don't understand how he could have real. Maybe it was my accent. I don't know. Kind of weird. That's a that's a weird tangent. But anyways, on today's episode, I wanted to talk about social media because it's a real pain in my butt. And I just want to talk about my observations, the struggles that I've had so far, some questions that I've come up with for myself, and I don't have any answers really or anything yet, but I think I'm going to do a second part to this topic at some point, answering basically all the questions I have as I research and learn more along the way. So get ready for episode five. See you guys on the other side. We're back. We're talking about Instagram today. Oh, Instagram. Instagram has been so much stress. I'm not really a fan of it, honestly, but kind of something you just have to do to uh, build an audience. I've been doing it for four and a half months now. I never had an Instagram before I started traveling. I never posted on it or anything. had no followers, so I basically started from scratch. And I'm currently at, as I check right now, let's see if I lost any followers for the day. I am at 12 72 so 1272 followers and i have now been stuck in the 1200s for a little over a month which is absolutely terrible growth it's been a real struggle i kind of took two weeks off when i went home to california before going to seoul i really didn't post or anything because i was kind of just over it and i wanted to take a mental break so i didn't post so i wasn't able to really grow then and i lost a lot of followers because i just broken 1300 from that and now i'm back at 1272 the real struggle with instagram is obviously building followers the method i have been using to do this is something that gary v talks about which is the dollar 80 method i guess you could call it if you want to look it up just type in gary v or gary vaynerchuk dollar 80 and basically what it is is that you engage with people on instagram and the idea is by you liking and commenting on their photo that's a chance with each photo that you interact on that they will either like some of your photos or comment on some of your photos or the real goal for them to follow you back. A dollar eighty where that comes from is the idea is you put your two cents in, right? You're leaving a comment, you're giving your opinion on something. So you're putting in your two cents and you do that for 90 photos a day. So that's 90 times two cents is a dollar eighty. Obviously you can do this to varying degrees. You could do more photos or less photos, but his idea is the 90. And what you do is you pick 10 hashtags relevant to the kind of Instagram you have, and then you post or no, and then you comment on nine posts within those hashtags. So I've been doing this and it has been helpful, but lately it hasn't been very good to me, which sucks. And I just don't really know what else to do at this point. I feel like I need to change some things up, but I have not yet. So I wanted to break this up kind of into, now that I've talked about my method for gaining followers, I kind of wanted to take break this up into what I've been doing for my posts and then what I've kind of analyzed as far as when to post and 
using hashtags and all of those things, as well as the analytics for my actual followers, because I do have my account as a business profile. So I get to see all this information, like the demographics, best times to post and all that good stuff. And then just follow, reach and interactions on all the posts I have. First off, we'll talk about posts. What my Instagram account is basically a travel and food Instagram page. I started out just doing travel photos and eventually I got to the point where I was having a really hard time consistently posting every single day, which has been my goal and it really hasn't worked out. I kind of go in spurts where I'm able to consistently post every day for like a few weeks or a week and then I do every other day and it's just it's really hard because you have to find photos that you feel would do well. That was really a big worry of mine as I was starting out. And something I'd stress about a lot, and I'm a little better at it now. I'm trying a different strategy where I'm posting photos, even if I don't think they're the absolute greatest. Like, I don't think they're bad or anything, but I'm just posting them to stay consistent to see if that is better than to just not post at all. And so far, it seems to not be that great because I'm not getting that much interaction on the photos. Like I said, I was doing travel and then I decided to start doing food because that would just kind of take some stress off of me to where I'd have other things to post so I wouldn't always have to worry about having a travel photo. I do prefer, honestly, posting photos about food just because I like food a lot more than travel. And it's interesting because a lot of articles you'll read about social media in general is stick to one thing do it really well and become known for it and then you could branch out problem that i'm facing is if you look on instagram a lot of these accounts like i said they do focus on one thing and they're experts in one thing but i don't want to be stuck in this pocket of being known for just one thing so if i had just done travel photos all the time well then i'd have to be known as this travel person and then like the content people would engage with and like would always be travel content and that's what i would kind of have to do kind of talked about this in the last episode about becoming a slave to your audience because they expect a certain type of content because that's what they like and maybe if you want to do other things they're not going to like that so I have been doing food and travel because I will like both those things but I mean my main goal in my life is I want podcasts to be my main content creation endeavor I don't know how that necessarily translates with my Instagram because on the one hand I'm doing this travel and food stuff right on my Instagram but my podcasts aren't really going to have anything to do with it basically what I want to do with everything is I have so many different interests I basically want to just pursue all of them it's my curiosities right and as I go along pursuing these different things I basically want to write and blog and eventually make videos hopefully about these things giving people tips and helping them out and kind of talking about what I've learned doing these things and making it easier for other people. Kind of like a Tim Ferriss where he is constantly testing things himself, whether it's self-improvement type things or productivity hacks and stuff like that. And then he shares it with people and writes about it. That's basically what I want to do. But I don't really know how to translate that with my Instagram. I've been wondering lately if having an Instagram where I have food and travel is detrimental to me building followers. Because what I I had the thought the other day was, well, what if because I'm losing so many followers and I'm gaining so many followers, right? It's always basically going back and forth. It's like this tug of war where I'm not actually really having huge gains or anything. And I'm wondering if, for example, when I post a travel photo, let's say I use travel travel hashtags people are following me because they like travel right and then so when they see a food picture the next time are they unfollowing me when they follow me are they even aware of my 
posts do they see that i'm posting food and travel or are they just thinking it's travel and the same goes with food i post a food picture get followers from that they're expecting food they see a travel photo and then they unfollow me so that's one question i have that i kind of need to explore now getting into when i post people say the best time to post general consensus when you read anything online is post at times when people are online that usually means 8 to 9 a.m 12 p.m and then 5 p.m. because those are the times people at work, they're one not working or they're on their lunch break or getting off of work. Then others say, well, if you have the business Instagram profile, it gives you the data on when your followers are on, depending on the day. And then they say to use that. So what I've been doing lately is kind of experimenting with posting at the times on my Instagram where it says, oh, this is the time when most of your followers are on and these are the days. It really hasn't worked out, honestly. I don't know if it's just because the content isn't as good. There's a million factors that go into (laughs) why a post is successful or not, which really sucks unless I guess you can get into deep analytics. And you do get an idea of what like what will be successful and what won't be. But there's a million different factors of why something could be a good post, right? There could be, it could be the time you post it. It could be just an amazing photo. It could be the hashtags you used. It could, there's just so many different things. And so you don't really know why a post necessarily does well. That's been really stressful because I'm constantly thinking, oh, do I, should I post at this time or should I post at that time? And this isn't going to get that many likes. And oh, it's not getting that many likes right away. One thing I have noticed is with my posts in general, a lot, I'd say when I was in Europe, I'd get a lot of initial likes within the first hour. I'd usually get into that 50 to 60 range, if I remember correctly. I do have more followers now than I did back then, but my posts don't really do as well, which I really blows my mind. In the first hour, they don't really get that many likes. And why I worry about the first hour, and I'm not really even sure if the first hour matters, but with Instagram, the algorithm has changed to where it used to be a lot easier to gain followers and for your posts to be seen that's the name of the game now, like people's posts aren't being seen. And what I'm saying now is not just problems I'm having. This is problems every single person on Instagram is having, even if they have like a larger following than I do. It's how do you get your posts seen? So back then it just would show up in chronological order on your feed before they changed the algorithm. And now the algorithm basically is showing you the posts that you want to see. It determines what posts you're interacting with and engaging with and wanting to see. And then so what it does is it shows you that post. Even if the post is three days old, that might be at the top of your feed rather than the post I just posted that's brand new, which makes it extremely, extremely difficult to grow a following. And so that's the dilemma, right, is trying to get as much engagement as possible in whatever amount of time it ends up being because the way the algorithm works is that it shows your post to 10% of your followers and based on how much engagement or how well it does compared to your past posts at that time I think it is will show it to more of your audience and I don't know if that's how well it does in the first hour or in the first day but I've been treating it like the first hour so I try to get as much engagement as possible within the first hour. Looking then at the analytics for when my followers are online, we'll just use Monday as an example. As far as hours go, it says for me personally, and this is based on the time zone that I'm in, it says the best times for me to post today are 3 a.m., 6 a.m., and 9 p.m. Now, the problem with that is you have followers in different time zones, obviously, and this is a thought I've had that I don't have the answer to yet, but what I'm wondering is it's giving you the demographic, it's giving you like the times that the followers are on. 
But when you think about it, you have to pay attention to who actually engages in likes and comments on all your posts. So for example, it might be the best time for me to post at, let's say, 6 a.m., because that's when most of my followers are on. But if most of my followers that engage with my content are from, let's say, California, just as an example, because that's where I'm from, well, it might not be a good time zone in California at the time I'm posting in Seoul. And so those people aren't going to see those po- the posts necessarily, which is bad because they're the ones that engage with your post. So you might be catering your posts like the time you post to your entire audience. But if most of your audience isn't ever seeing or engaging with your content, then it's kind of pointless to post at that time. And I don't know if that's true or not, but it kind of makes sense to me. So I don't know if this is honestly, I don't really know if these analytics that Instagram has are very good. It seems like there's a lot of bad stuff going on. For example, again, if you look at my top locations for most of my audience, which is awful, I've realized like this is really bad. As far as cities go, 2% of my audience is in Los Angeles. And then the rest of them are 1%, which means that so 2% of 1200 is what like, I don't even I need some help help. What's the math there? Is it 60? 2% of 1200, 60, 50 times that is two times 12 is 24. It's 24. Yeah. So 24 people that follow me. Is that even right? 50 divided by 1200, let's say. So you do two to get 100 and then 12. And then yeah, so it's 24 people. If I'm wrong and you're laughing at me right now because my math is bad, my bad, but we're just gonna go with that. So 24 people of my 1,271 followers, give or take, are from Los Angeles. So that's one time zone. And then after that, it's just a bunch of 1% where it shows my next top four are London, New York, San Diego, and Melbourne. But that means that literally there's a million different cities of these 1% that follow me. So there's no consistency in like one location. Then going to countries... 25% of my audience is from the US with the rest, Italy's 8% and then the UK, India and Vietnam. So that's not very good in my opinion, because that means I have a very wide range of locations of followers, which means that I'm never really hitting a big group of my followers because they're so spread out. So basically, whatever time I post, there's always going to be a time zone that kind of sucks and isn't ideal for my followers to see my posts. So now I'm wondering if I need to then focus more on getting followers from the US, for example, because I am from the US. So obviously, you want your audience to be from where you're from, mostly. So that's a huge question I have now. And I'm wondering if that's affecting my engagement. Getting into engagement, how I talked about only 10% of your audience sees your posts. Well, the cool thing about this Instagram analytics is for each post you have that you post, it shows you how many people have actually seen it. Okay. General rule of thumb is that with your audience size, you always want to get engagement on your posts, at least like 3% is its average, it's what you want at the very least. But if you can get into that 5%, that's pretty good. And then if you can, if you have 10% of your audience engaging on your posts or your followers, that's absolutely amazing. Like that's so so good. That's what you want. That's kind of what I shoot for, which I kind of get near that. I'm probably in the 8% range by the end of the first day that I post something based on the followers I have, like 10% of the people have liked it, which I don't think is terrible. But so then getting into, like I said, how many people are seeing it, you're thinking 10% is a good amount of your followers to see or to engage with your content. But if most of your followers aren't seeing your photos, how can you really use that as a metric for if your post is successful or not? So what I'm wondering now is, is it better than to 
based whether or not a post is getting the engagement it should, is it based on the reach you have or like the actual amount of people seeing your posts or is it really based on your followers? For example, a post I have from a few days ago, it has 93 likes. I posted this on 714. So was that two days ago? Yeah. So two days ago, it's telling me it has reached 303 people, which means that only 303 accounts, whether it's from my actual followers or from hashtags or from whatever, have seen my post. And so out of those 303 people, 93 have liked it. That's in the high 20% range of people that have engaged with my post based on who's seen it. So is that saying then that that's really good because I have almost 30% rather than 10? Or does it truly matter that you should be basing it off of how many followers you actually have? As you can tell, it's reached 303 people, which means that what 970 people are essentially not seeing it of people that I follow me. And then a lot of the people seeing it too are from hashtags, which means that they didn't follow me before. Subtract that again, and you're in like the 250s. It's almost 10%. That's basically what it is, is 10% of my audience is seeing my posts. And that's not even in the first day. That's just after what, two or three days now. That's not good. And kind of the thing or the question or the goal is how do you get more people to see your posts? Because like I said, there's this Instagram algorithm that makes it extremely difficult for people to see your posts. And then there's something else that I don't really know if I'm going to explain this very well. And I haven't really looked that much into it. But another dilemma that you have is how this algorithm also works. It's showing people posts in their feed that they want to see based on the kind of content they look at. This is a really simple example, but I think it is going to illustrate how it works. Let's say someone is always looking at fitness Instagram accounts. They follow a lot of fitness people. They're always looking at fitness hashtags in the search. They're always looking at fitness stuff and liking, commenting on that stuff. Okay. Let's say one day they happen to see my post and it's a travel photo. They happen to be looking at travel hashtags and they follow me. Well, that person mostly engages with fitness accounts, right? With fitness content. The things that are going to be prioritized in their feed are fitness things. So they're never going to see my post really. I post travel content. That's a dilemma to where you need to really target your hashtags to attract the right kind of people, I think, because if you get the kind of followers that are not interested in the content you're posting, or they're not interested in that content in general, then you're not gonna have a very nice time getting them to see your posts. Another thing I've noticed with my Instagram, with how I said I'm losing followers, I'll gain like, it's it's really it's really funny the roller coaster that exists with building an Instagram audience. I'll gain maybe 25 in a day, right? Like 25 followers, which is good. I originally had this goal of 10,000 followers by March of next year. And so I think when I calculated it back when I had that goal, it was 27 followers a day, I'd basically need to reach that goal on average. That goal I don't think is really realistic anymore at this point, but unless I have some amazing big explosion of Instagram followers for whatever reason. So like I said, I'll gain 25 maybe in a day and then I'll wake up the next morning and I'll have less. This was back a few months ago and I was getting good engagement for whatever reason and a lot of followers. I don't know why it's kind of slowed down, but I'd wake up in the morning and I'd have 25 followers that followed me overnight. And then I'll look at my my follower count and it'll be nine less than it was the night before, which means overnight 34 people unfollowed me. 
which is literally the worst I've ever experienced. That's the worst it's ever been for me. I lost 34 followers in a night. And this is the constant thing. It's you gain some overnight, but you've lost more than you've gained over that night. So your account is is less. What I've noticed lately is the type of accounts that are following me are these cultivation accounts mostly and like restaurants and these like just not basically the quality accounts you want following you. Cultivation accounts for anyone that doesn't know, it's basically the accounts where they just take a lot of other people's content and it's kind of like a magazine where it's the best content and cool stuff and they just constantly are posting stuff like that. And so a lot of those accounts are following me instead of actual people and I'm wondering because there's so many different analytical tools and services out there online that are there to build your Instagram. I'm wondering if there's kind of this auto follow function to where these accounts just auto follow certain people, maybe based on hashtags or whatever, and then it unfollows them after a few days or something. Like, I really don't know. I've realized these accounts that are following me are not the accounts that I want because I want actual people because I feel like they're more likely to actually stay with me and continue to follow me. For example, this guy 20, 24 minutes ago, Barbecue Bacon Hobby started following me who has 12,600 followers, right? So that's cool. But it's just this cultivation account of barbecue and it might be a store or a restaurant. I don't really know. The odds that that person's still going to follow me after a day or two are probably very unlikely. Those aren't the people I want. And so I'm wondering then now is am I is there something wrong with the hashtags I'm using or am I is my content just not that good enough to where it's attracting the right kind of people? So that's one that's another dilemma in itself. Another thought I've had. Anytime someone goes to your profile and is deciding whether or not they want to follow you. Couple of things. They have your bio, your profile picture, and then your feed to look at. Anything you read online, all these analytic websites and these advisors of social media, they say your bio is extremely important and your profile picture because people are going to resonate with you if they read your bio and they like it. What I'm thinking though also is with my Instagram especially, most of my photos aren't of me because I'm a solo traveler, so it's really hard to take pictures of me. I've read that apparently pictures or photos on Instagram with actual people in them get 38% more engagement than those that don't. So I'm already kind of screwing myself because that's a pretty big thing. But when I was in Paris and I was able to have pictures of myself because my brother was able to take them because he was with me. Those pictures didn't do that well compared to my older stuff either. So I don't really know what's going on there. What I'm wondering is, let's say when you first look at someone's feed, the only thing you're going to see is like the first nine pictures. You're not going to see anything else unless you scroll down. I wonder if a lot of people, they just look at the, those first nine photos and then they're kind of judging your Instagram based off of that. And if that plays a factor in whether or not they're going to follow you. Because let's say you have nine really amazing photos with you in some of them and then you just have these amazing shots of whatever they're going to be more likely to follow you than if you have these just average nine photos that kind of suck right it's it really depends on those nine it's really hard to have amazing photos always like some of the you post a photo sometimes knowing it's not going to do that well just so you can stay consistent and another big thing too with consistency is that you want to stay consistent because the algorithm really likes that you're consistent and then also interacting on Instagram. And so it favors you more in 
showing your posts, I think. So that's like the key to why you want to be consistent with your posts. But then there's also the other side of that where do you want to just post something to post something because it might not be that great of a photo or get that much engagement. So there's kind of that balancing act of when I should or shouldn't post. Maybe there was nine photos at a time and that was why I was getting a bunch of followers because they were seeing those initial nine photos in my feed and they were really, really resonating with people. And so I could get followers a lot easier. And now maybe the nine photos I have now, and you don't even see nine, honestly, you see like three, but if you scroll down past the bio a little, that's when you'd see nine. So maybe it's even the first three. I wonder if those initial three to nine photos, depending on how good they are, I wonder if then you will gain more followers during a certain time based on what the feed is looking like in that moment. Kind of just overall thoughts and strategies. Like I said earlier, Instagram is extremely stressful. I said it in episode four with trying to do content and everyone deals with this This is something you just have to get used to and work at it. It's really hard building a following, honestly. Props to anyone that's done it because it is, one, stressful and two, difficult, especially now that Instagram decided to screw everyone. Talking really fast about strategies for growing your follower account, because I already talked about the $1.80 thing, but so what other people do, and I hate these people, these are the scum of the earth in my opinion. A lot of people, what their strategy is, is the follow unfollow. If you've ever seen the follow for follow hashtag or likes for follows or follows for likes, a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll just follow you. They'll follow like, let's say they'll follow 100 accounts a day, right? After two days or so, they'll unfollow all those accounts. And the idea for that is because you're following someone, they might follow you back because there's that whole like, oh, he likes me, that makes me like him. And so I'll follow him. So they're basically trying to trick you into following them. And then they unfollow you and they can rinse and repeating it. And so if you're not aware of that, then you're going to continue to follow this person, even though they've unfollowed you. So that's one strategy that a lot of people use. And I think that also plays into why I continue to gain and lose so many followers. Because there's those accounts that I'm attracting somehow that do that. So that's an issue. Another strategy for growing your Instagram is just the whole viral thing. A lot of people, if you listen to their stories, a lot of them have that one moment where they finally had a photo that went viral and that blew up their audience. That you can't decide to go viral. It just happens. Usually it probably happens with a photo that you weren't even thinking was that great. Another strategy, which I haven't done yet because personally, I just don't think my content's that great yet and I'm not that good of a photographer yet. But what you do is with the photos you post, like I said, there's these accounts that are cultivation accounts where they just post photos of a million different people who have really good photos. So what you do is these accounts have a lot of followers, right? And so you might get featured on one of their accounts if they happen to find a photo that they like, and then they might post it. And then from that, you get a bunch of followers that way, which is one strategy. But the thing you can do with that is you can constantly be messaging these cultivation accounts like, hey, just posted this photo about so-and-so. I think it would be good for your account if you ever need something to post. Just check this out. Another way for a photo to get seen from one of these cultivation accounts is just through the hashtags. They might be searching the hashtags and then they might want to use one of your photos. That's actually happened to me once before with just a really small account though in Romania. From them posting that picture, I definitely noticed a bigger and faster increase in my followers for a little bit of time because of that one photo, which was cool. Three other ways that you can grow your audience really fast is just one, one you draw followers from different platforms. So let's say you're doing YouTube or you're doing blogging or 
something else. Let's say you have a successful blog, right? And then you created an Instagram. Well, those people that follow your blog will probably follow you on Instagram as long as you're linking to the account and things like that. Another thing you can do going off of that is if you start creating content for other websites. So for an example, if I'm traveling and I decide to start writing articles and maybe I get one of my articles featured on some website and then so people read that article and the followers of that website then potentially might follow me and so you can kind of get some followers that way. Third way which I already touched on with the cultivation accounts is just in general when you use hashtags that puts you in the search function for that hashtag so when people search hashtags, they might see your post and they'll like post that way. Going off of the hashtags now, this is the last thing I want to talk about really fast is just kind of my experience with hashtags. I have been focusing on using hashtags that have between 100,000 to a million posts. And what that means is there's all these hashtags on Instagram, right? And depending on how many posts they have, that tells you how popular they are. So the more popular hashtags are not the best to use when you're a smaller account because there's so many people posting to that that your post gets lost in the feed pretty quickly. Whereas if you're using smaller hashtags, your post will stay in the search function of that hashtag for a longer period of time. So it's more likely that people will see it. A good example of like a big hashtag is Wanderlust, for example, is a travel one. And that's probably one of the biggest travel hashtags. And so if you use that hashtag, your post probably isn't going to be seen unless you have a larger account. I haven't really found the magic formula yet for hashtags. Everything I've read also talks about how many you should actually use. Some say to use the full 30, others say to focus on 10 to 15, and then while others say use even less than that. I would say that the amount of reach I get from using hashtags is usually around 20 to 50 accounts. So that means that 20 to 50 accounts are seeing my post from the hashtags, whereas everyone else is just seeing it from following me or some other source. So I don't know if that can potentially be increased or not, but it is something it's definitely helpful to grow. Frankly, I don't really know what source, like everything I just named, I don't know what I'm really gaining followers from. I don't know if it's mostly from commenting and liking on people's content and interacting with them, or if it's from the hashtags, or if people are just somehow finding my account. But like I said in the beginning of the podcast, this is more of just my thoughts and observations, the challenges, and kind of what I've been doing. And then I'm going to do another episode later in the future, kind of when I have a more solid formula and when I've figured more out based on these questions that I have. I think that's going to be the end of this one. That was a lot easier than it's been the past four times recording this. Hopefully that means I'm improving cool to see. If you guys liked this podcast, please subscribe. If you want to leave a review, that would be awesome. I'm still waiting on the podcast to be approved by iTunes. iTunes is just giving the big, just flexing those middle fingers at the rest of the world. It's been two weeks now, I think, and it still hasn't been approved. Crazy. It's funny how things change when you are a big powerhouse or you're really successful in general because if you're if you're this small company like imagine if apple was this small company that was just starting out and it took them two weeks to approve people's podcasts well 
they'd be screwed. That's something they'd have to address or they'd never grow as a company, but because they're so big now, they can just say screw it to everyone and let it take as long as it takes and you can't really do anything about it because it's the biggest platform to be on. If anyone knows Colin Cowherd, he's a radio host in LA for Fox Sports. Colin always likes to use the analogy of the Dallas Cowboys back when Troy Aikman played and the story basically goes there was a player that was asleep during one of the team meetings and he wasn't like a big contributor or anything to the Cowboys. And so they cut him because he was sleeping, whereas Troy Aikman would fall asleep during meetings and then the coach would just say, hey, Troy, wake up. That's basically because he was such a valuable asset to the team that he's held to different standards and that's kind of life. Something you just got to learn, you know, if you don't like it, then get to a point where you can benefit from the things that it brings, I guess, right? Hopefully the podcast gets approved by iTunes soon because so can't blast it out into the universe until it is but yeah if you also want to follow me on instagram have a question remember conjay hancock's the instagram conjay hancock at gmail.com is the email thanks again for listening i'll see you guys next week